from Matthew's Gospel is one of the most infamously famous texts. And I do, I do mean infamous because this text has been used throughout history to strike fear into the hearts of people. The separation of sheep from goats, the righteous from the unrighteous. And it seems from time to time that we really don't know what to do with that. Yes, I'm still sorting through my sermon. <laughs> You know, our good Lutheran understanding, we actually talked about it in the adult Sunday school class this morning. Our, our Lutheran understanding of this great faith we share, Luther talked about how as people trusted with this gift of faith, our seat in heaven is not secured by our own works, but by the grace and the love and the power of God shown in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But this, this text from Matthew this morning looks like it's saying something different. Those who do the works of the sheep, the works of mercy, of loving and serving the neighbor who is hungry, who is thirsty, who is naked or sick or imprisoned, you're going to be okay. But those who don't, shame on you and be cast into the outer darkness, into the eternal fire. So what do we do as people of faith with that tension. Because it is real. It is a real tension. That we probably felt this morning. Hearing from our gospel. The surface reading of Matthew this morning. Really doesn't fit well with the rest of what Matthew is trying to get at. To be honest. Jesus had come teaching about the kingdom. Way back in chapter 3. When he was baptized by John in the wilderness, he came out of the water saying to the people, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. It's here with you. And the rest of Matthew's gospel up to this point is recordings of lessons and miracles and teachings and healings from Jesus about what that kingdom looks like. The kingdom of God truly is at hand. And as Christians, we believe that that kingdom, that God's kingdom, the reign of our king, began and is most fully visible in the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We find that image in the cross. The image of a shepherd laying down his life for his sheep. God enduring the shame and the suffering of a traitor's death to show us the length and the depths that God would go to to prove his love for us. And so here, on Christ the King Sunday, we receive from Matthew's Gospel an image of our King returning with the fullness of God's glory with the heavens, coming to judge all of creation as its King. Jesus' glory is at the cross, and at an empty tomb, the inbreaking, the moment that we can first see that kingdom in its fullness. 
Jesus is coming on the cross is the same kind of glory that we look for him to come in on that last day. And so the events of Jesus' death and resurrection are so intimately tied to our future, to our present, much like the events of history trickle down and have their effects on each and every one of us day after day. When we look around and say, why are the things are, why are things the way they are? We can look back through history and see, well, this event, 9-11 is what has caused the increase in security checkouts in airports and stadiums. After the events of last week, probably in churches and mosques and synagogues across the world, too. The event we look to for the end of time is an event that's already happened. And so this great final division of sheep and goats is ultimately about how this world has responded to our enthroned king, the crucified Jesus we look to and worship. We remember that Jesus was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was stripped naked. He was hungry and thirsty. But we also remember that his closest followers didn't even come to his aid. The sheep, the one who tended to the poor and those in need, those are the ones who have served their neighbor in this world for the sake of Jesus. Because he was hungry. Because he was thirsty. Because he was imprisoned and sick. Because he was suffering. And we know as people who follow Jesus, the suffering of others is not God's plan. Is not what God has in store for this world. The God we worshipped, the God we've worshipped since the beginning is a crucified God. The God we serve is a king who was sentenced to death. The God that we serve makes power and strength known in weakness and suffering and in humility. And so we see God in the suffering of others, our glorious king bent down to help those who are hungry or thirsty. The God who reaches out to tend for the sick and the imprisoned. And when we live as those who are like sheep, caring for those who are in need, because of Jesus, we begin to see the God who comes to us in the face of our neighbors. But what's more than that, the neighbors who are suffering see the God of mercy who's come near to them. And that's the point, isn't it? That the name of God, the mercy of God, the presence of of God's kingdom be made known throughout all of this world. And that happens in the loving of those who need love. In the serving of those who need help. To see Christ in everyone. In everyone. Is the fulfillment of that great commandment. To love one another. As God has loved us. You know, at the food bank the other week, I watched many of you who are sitting here in these pews serve what would be called the least of these, the hungry, the, the poor. Not by distributing food only, 
but in the conversations and getting to know them and their family through the most random of things, through the sports teams that you follow, through the life of their children, getting to know and reaching out to the neighbor in need. You weren't just feeding the bodies of the hungry, you were feeding their soul for that thing that God wants for all of us, to be in a relationship with our nearest neighbor. And listening and talking with them, you were feeding the souls of those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness with the love of God. And there are many ways that I know each and every one of you serve those who are in need in this community. Through acts of mercy like what this text talks about, yes, but through other ways, private, intimate ways that you care for your neighbor. The question is, do you believe that in those moments that you're serving Jesus Christ himself? Because you should. This is what it means to live as people of God. To love and to serve, not for our own gain, but for the sake of our neighbor in need. Which brings me to what I had mentioned earlier, that I would talk a little bit more about Salim and his ministry. Salim comes from Bethlehem in the Holy Land, a place where a city where 30 years ago the Christian population was around 95%. Now today it's less than 10. And as we know in this country, the people who are suffering, the people who have an uphill climb from the get-go are typically those who are in a minority situation. But the ministry, the Tajay Center that Salim works with, seeks to clothe and give food and shelter to the children of Bethlehem. To encourage them, particularly the young children, boys and girls alike in a world where only the men and the wealthy men have an opportunity. This, this place provides an opportunity for all of God's children there. To learn and grow and be more than their ancestors were. To grow and be more than what we can be. Because they have the gifts of God given to them through people like you. This is what it means to worship God. To serve our King. To love and serve because we know what it looks like to suffer. And we know what it looks like to be a follower of the God who wants suffering to end. And so what do we do with this text that talks about people being cast into a suffering hellfire? You know, the punishment for hellfire is not the eternal pain or suffering of being burned alive. That may be what it feels like. But that's not the punishment. Punishment is seeing the power of Jesus' death and resurrection, the power to end the suffering of this world, and the claim that God has on our lives to be part of God's family and rejecting that claim on our lives, turning it down and throwing it away. That's what hell looks like. These goats, 
They served their neighbor. They said, Lord, when did we see you suffering and not do these things to you? The difference is goats are selfish. And they do what they do for their own gain. Not to aid the suffering of others, but for their own status. For their own importance. The good news is the judgment has been cast for each and every one of us. And as the psalmist said this morning, we are the sheep of God's pastures. God's already cast its judgment on us. We are the sheep. We are the followers of the good shepherd. And here in Matthew, we're shown what it means to live as sheep who follow a shepherd. There's no need to worry about being cast into hellfire. That was the whole point of the Reformation. God's promise has claimed you, each and every one of you now, today, here in this place. And because you've been claimed, go live like it. Go show other people what it means to be a servant of God. Go show other people what it means to have the love and the mercy and the compassion of God flowing through you. Because we have a king who looks at us. And that we may be found guilty in many, many different ways. The judgment is always the same. Forgiveness. Mercy. Love. We now have this life to live as followers of Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. Who has taught us that through his death and resurrection, there will be no more suffering. The gates of hell are closed to you. And this is what it looks like to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.